Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. I'm here, I'm just responding to someone, a listener's email asking for all the data. If you text data to 33777, uh, you can get my morning email. You can get a link into Substack. You can see that morning piece. A listener was just emailing me, Herman, asking me to put the numbers about uh, schools and the like. Um and it's all there in that morning piece. So if you just text data to 33777, uh, you'll get it. Uh, there's there's news. I need to share this with you. And I have to be honest with you. I, I knew about this. And I didn't think it was my story to share. I have listeners all over the country. A lot of them listen online. I'm not on any stations yet in the Nashville, Tennessee area, though that's coming. But I have a lot of people in that area who listen online. I have a lot of friends up there, uh, particularly in the evangelical community uh, where I have played somewhat of a, a public role uh, being an evangelical voice, I have a lot of friends in the Nashville area. It's, it's a big community of Southern Baptists are there. Um, some very big uh, Presbyterian Church in America, PCA churches, of which uh, the Covenant Church was one. have a lot of friends within the PCA, and then I have a lot of friends who are friends of people there. So when the shooting happened at the school on Monday morning, I started hearing a story from multiple people who go to church at that church and from others and there are sometimes you get a story and you just don't think it is your story to tell. And this one struck me, and it actually strikes me even now that it is starting to get headlines that it's an inappropriate story to tell, but it is a new story. And I believe I need to tell the story now that it's in the news, you should hear about it. Uh, from me, and I, and again, I'll just tell you that this is a story I heard from members of the congregation uh, there at Covenant and from friends of members of the congregation and uh, rumors from other people, but it, it, directly I heard it from people who either went to church there or were friends with people who went to church there, and now it has made it into the national press, and so I should tell you in advance, I knew this, and I didn't want to, I didn't believe it was appropriate for me to be the one to break the story. One of the six victims killed by the shooter uh, was Haley Scruggs. Her dad, Chad Scruggs, is the pastor. I do not know Chad. I have a number of friends who are really good friends of his. They went to seminary with him. Um, John Bachman is the former pastor there, or Jim, rather. And Jim is telling the press now what I've been told by members of the congregation, that Chad Scruggs, the pastor, was counseling the shooter, or had been, that the shooter had been, I mean, obviously the shooter was struggling, and that Chad was uh, counseling the shooter, and there has been speculation in the church since Monday, now spilling out into the press, that the shooter actually, if we get the manifesto, perhaps it will confirm it or not, but that the shooter was actually looking for the pastor, Chad, to shoot the pastor 
and did not find the pastor, but saw the pastor's child and began shooting the children. Yeah. Um, I don't like the story. So, uh, I'm there. Might as well go there. Um, sorry. Um, you know, my family, because of my job, has had a little bit of a rough time. Um, most of my regular listeners know back in 2016, I didn't support Trump. Supported him in 2020, didn't support him in 2016. And it really was, it was a character thing. Um, I, I, I take my faith seriously. Uh, some of you get tired of me for taking my faith seriously, but I just, I couldn't do it in 2016. I didn't, I didn't support Clinton. I didn't support him. I didn't support either one of them. I just found two people I, I really didn't like. I, and I was wrong about him too. I should say, and policy wise, I, I I mean he had always been a Democrat. I knew him. I mean I I'm I had actually spent time with him. I'd gone to his office in New York and hung out with him, and uh, we've traded notes in the past. It was always funny. He would write me, and this is the way he wrote me. He would would print something out I had written, write on it in Sharpie, have his secretary scan it, convert it to a PDF, and email it to me, and then I would email her back and. He would get the note, and then he would write on the note in Sharpie and respond to me, and that was the correspondence. And I wasn't going to support him in 2016. We had people show up at our house, had to have armed security guards at our house for months. My family, and this is the thing that, that this is why I get emotional about this story with this pastor, in these situations, uh, I know now here in 2023 how much my wife and kids kept from me about that. Things happened to all of them, and they chose not to talk to me about those things because they did not want to put pressure on me to change my views. They did not want me to go wobbly, thinking I needed to do something for them. So they chose to protect me from the amount of bullying. My oldest has been to see a therapist. She won't mind me telling you this. We, at the time... We're going to my church's school. Now, we're in this same denomination as Covenant, Presbyterian Church in America. And we were going to our church's school, and, and we love our church. We've had a very hard time, though. But she was going to school, and kids were explaining to her how to commit suicide. You, you think you're in a safe place, and you're not. They were explaining to my kid how to commit suicide um, because her father was destroying the country by not supporting Trump, so you might as well go on and kill yourself. 
uh, she had kids who had been her friends who told her they couldn't be friends with her anymore because uh, their parents hated me, didn't want them to be friends with her. My son was beat up on the playground. Now, I've mentioned the other day we moved our kids to a different school. It's a smaller school, very committed to its faith, and and the school is is ruthless when it comes to dealing with bullying issues. We haven't had a problem. Uh, My kids were chased through a store. Now, you want to know the funny part about this? Can I confess something to you guys? I have always said my children were chased through a store, and it is true. They were chased through a store by a man yelling at them that their father was destroying the country and they needed to do something to me. I mean, my kids were literally chased through a store by a man yelling at them about me. Now, I've said that story for years, and it got into the press, and the press was that we were at a grocery store, and I let it slide uh, that we were at a grocery store. I just let people believe we were at a grocery store. I never corrected anyone when they said we were at a grocery store. We weren't actually at a grocery store. We were at a gun store. We were looking at guns because we were literally having people show up at our house threatening us. Um, we had people send pornography in the mail. People subscribed me to gay pornography. Wasn't easy. And... There's a level of guilt. I guess this is why I'm so emotional about this particular story, uh, because knowing what I knew about this that I wasn't telling you guys because I didn't think it was my role to say, and now it's come out in the press that the, the, the father, the pastor, was counseling the shooter, and the shooter found his daughter and killed his daughter. I can tell you the immense level of guilt I have in my life that my family went through what they went through because of me and the positions I was taking on radio and I cannot even begin to fathom the level of, of guilt that uh, this pastor will have given that situation. And I know he will. And you just have to tell yourself it's not your fault. And there's a little voice in the back of your head, this nagging voice in the back of your head, that sometimes makes you wonder, is it really? Is it not? If I hadn't have done this thing, this would not have happened to my family. And it can weigh you down, it can tie you in chains, it can can anchor you to the bottom of the sea. But part of life also, I guess, is that we we all, in, in various ways, go through these things. It, it's not anomalous. Uh, so many people in so many ways will go through things like this, but you still have to get up in the morning and move, and sometimes that's the worst part. Sometimes the worst part is getting out of bed the next day. Bed can be your safe space. And you have to force yourself to get up. Not an easy story, is it? Um, Not an easy story. Kind of a week we want to put behind us. And then on top of that, knowing people who were involved. But I just, gosh, as a father who wound up putting my kids through something because of positions I took on radio 
And really, uh, these years later now, knowing and, and talking to my wife and kids about what it was, and my son was only in third grade at the time. Uh, his sister was in sixth grade, and she really was put through the ringer by kids and, and by families. I mean, this was a church school, and, and yeah, I'm still, I, I try to be very laid back, and I don't let stuff uh, tie me down, but I, it, it still makes me mad um, th- that we put our kids in a school affiliated with our church, and this is what happened to them, where we thought we were putting them in a safe place, and I, I can... It's so much worse what has happened here at this school with this, and and yet I get it at the same time. You put your children somewhere you feel like they're safe, and and they're not. And then to be in a situation like this where where it appears now, based on what people in the church are saying, and now this, this article in the New York Post, that the dad was counseling the shooter, and the shooter probably actually went looking for him and didn't, so found his uh, only daughter and shot and killed her. But then that also gets to the nature of evil. We don't get a respite from it in the world. We, we want to do everything we can to make our kids safe. I'll tell you, um, I have a 17-year-old now, and she drives. We got her the safest car possible, and I'm still a nervous wreck every time she drives. I was talking to my mom today. My mom is 80. Mom, sorry, gave away your age on radio. Uh, my mom is 80. My, my sister is... Uh, not yet 50, close to 50. Sorry, I'm giving away my sister's age now too. I'm just doing it all wrong today. Um, And my sister had to fly in from somewhere, didn't get in until like 3 a.m. and then was going to get in or was up until 3 or some such, got up very early, was going to drive several hours to my parents. And my 80-year-old mother is worried sick about my sister who's in her 40s still being on the road, having been so tired. I'm like, gosh, you never get over this, do you? You never move beyond being worried about your kids, do you? I'll be 90 years old, my kids will be in their 70s, and I'll still be worried about, are are they going to be okay on the road? Are they going to be okay at work? Will the grandkids be okay? You never stop worrying. And me and my motto is, why pray when I can worry? But at some point, you still have to get out of bed every morning. You still have to get up. You still have to do it. The world is still going to go on. With or without you, the world's going on. Better with you than without you. But what a what a terrible thing. What a terrible thing. These people need prayer. But also, but also, you got to get out of bed in the morning. We all do. I do too. Um, you cannot be, you can choose, and it is a choice. You can choose to allow the chains of guilt to wrap around you and drag you to the bottom of the sea and let you drown there. Or you can choose to walk and I, and I hope this pastor and his family and all those involved will choose to walk. I have not only converted my entire family to bull and branch sheets, but a lot of my friends as well, because I actually believe in them. You can feel the craftsmanship. And the amazing thing is that these sheets get softer every time you wash them. Don't believe me. Give them a try right now. You can get early access to bull and branches spring sale. You use code Eric. That would be my name. E R I C K and get 20% off today at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is Eric. Exclusions apply. See the site for details. I got to tell you guys, these sheets are designed for incredible night sleeps. They're made without toxins. They're free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehydes, harsh chemicals. 
They fit really deep mattresses, and I've got a thick mattress, and they don't shrink up, which is great. Take care of the sheets. The sheets take care of you, and you get a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. And right now, use code ERIC to take 20% off today at BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com, promo code ERIC. While I'm just winging it and depressing everybody today, boy, what a great show, huh? Come for the funeral, stay for the cremation. My goodness. Um, can I just talk about something that makes me personally happy? And I will get back to, to bad-mouthing Joe Manchin here in just a minute. I want to I actually I want to talk to you about something. It makes me extremely happy. There is a new app on my phone. If you don't have a iPhone, you can't get it, but it's classical music app. So I just, I, and this makes me, this is a little bit melancholy here, I, I guess, not really. So when I was in fourth grade, my teacher was named Mr. Middlebrooks. He was the music teacher. He taught us how to play the recorder. Uh, uh, yep, yeah, we had to play the recorder. But one of the things he did is he made us learn the biographies of all the great classical music composers, Bach and Brahms and Haydn and Beethoven and Mozart and Chopin and Rachmaninoff. And we had to learn who they were. And in learning who they were, he he made us listen to their music, the evolution of their music from when they first started to when they ended. I mean, just think about Beethoven for a minute. This is a guy who is at the top of his world and goes deaf and makes the ode to joy composes his ninth symphony completely deaf and it's considered one of the greatest symphonies ever made and it's made by a man who has top of his game and loses his hearing and mr middlebrooks made us learn these things and then in sixth grade he was my homeschool te homeroom teacher and he had a passion for greek mythology and now i have a passion for greek mythology it's amazing how you encounter these teachers and and they just leave a lasting legacy in the people who uh, learn from them, whether it's it's a love of classical music or a love of Greek mythology from him or of writing. He He's the guy, uh, he and my third grade teacher, Miss Bruscus, were the ones who pushed me to write and to write well and, and how to write and then grew up, became a writer. And I have this unabiding love of classical music and of Apple Macintoshes. And he is also the guy who gave me my first Apple Mac. And so it's a little bit sad he died a few weeks ago. And this week, Apple has released a classical music app. Now, it is phenomenal. Here's why. Because if you want to go listen to Taylor Swift on Apple Music, you just fire up Taylor Swift, and there's Taylor Swift in all of her repertoire, and she's the one who sung it. But if you want Tchaikovsky or you want Beethoven or Mozart, it depends on who's the symphony, who's the composer, who, who's the who's the leader of the orchestra, which, which tune. And this classical music app from Apple gives you all of that so you can listen to the Berlin Orchestra playing the Ninth Symphony or the Boston Pops playing. It's just, it's incredible if you love classical music. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I got to play you this audio from Pete Bootedge Edge, the Secretary of Transportation. Everything that we do in this administration conforms to the law as written, as passed by Congress, and as signed by the president. Uh, of course, we're in constant dialogue with, with partners in Congress who uh, have uh, shaped this legislation. Uh, the, the way that the administration is advancing this is designed to ensure that we have economic security, that, uh, for example, the electric vehicle revolution
revolution is a made-in-America electric vehicle revolution that benefits American workers and creates American jobs. Uh, He would be talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Remember the Inflation Reduction Act that did not reduce inflation? Uh, And they immediately, once it was passed, said it was actually some sort of Green New Deal. Well, one of the guys who helped structure it, the man but for whom it would not have happened, is named Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin did this. Here's what all of you in West Virginia need to know. When you hear Pete Buttigieg on television talking about the Green New Deal and the battery-powered car and how we're going to transition away from coal and fossil fuels thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act was authored by your Joe Manchin. Your Joe Manchin is the man who did this, and Joe Manchin has a habit. It is to be a liberal Democrat for three to four years of his six-year Senate term and then suddenly morph into a conservative hoping you forget the first three to four years. He helped Joe Biden, but for Joe Manchin, the Inflation Reduction Act would never have passed. But for Joe Manchin, you would not have this Green New Deal. But for Joe Manchin, you in West Virginia would not be on the verge of being out of a job because of this legislation. The legislation was passed because of Joe Manchin. And now Joe Manchin is like, what, me, who, me, what, wasn't my fault? How can you blame me? The Wall Street Journal has this obsession with allowing Joe Manchin to rehabilitate himself. They have yet again decided to give oral pleasure to Joe Manchin and put him in the opinion pages of the Wall Street Journal yet again saying, I can't believe they're doing exactly what I let them do. Here's his headline, Biden's Inflation Reduction Act betrayal. Instead of implementing the law as intended, his administration subverts it for ideological ends. You will notice Joe Manchin is not filing a lawsuit. When President Biden and I spoke before Congress passed the Inflation Reduction Act last summer, we agreed the bill was designed to pay down our national debt and shore up American national security. It was designed to generate $738 billion in new revenue, with more than $238 billion dedicated to debt reduction, the first serious piece of legislation in more than two decades that the Congressional Budget Office estimated would have done that. Yet, Instead of implementing the law as intended, unelected ideologues, bureaucrats, and appointees seem determined to violate and subvert the law to advance a partisan agenda that ignores both energy and fiscal security. Specifically, they are ignoring the law's intent to support and expand fossil energy and are redefining domestic energy to increase clean energy spending to potentially deficit-breaking levels. The administration is attempting at every turn to implement the bill it wanted, not the bill Congress actually passed. Ignoring the debt and deficit implications of these actions at this time nears to raise the debt ceiling isn't only wrong, it's policy and political malpractice. I believe the only person who can rein in this in is Joe Biden. You know, Joe Manchin knew this was going to happen. Joe Manchin's not a dumb man. Joe Manchin's not dumb in any way, shape, or form. He's playing a game. And this is why so many Americans are cynical about politics in America today, that Joe Manchin 
thinks he can get away with this, and his friends at the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal are allowing him to do this. The Wall Street Journal editorial page did not have to give Joe Manchin a platform to do his all shucks. I didn't think they would do what they said they wanted to do when I wrote the law. I'll be doggone. They didn't have to give him that platform. They did not have to allow Joe Manchin to to say, I didn't know they were going to do what they have said for years they wanted to do. If you will recall... It was Joe Biden who said when he became president that they would end fossil fuels. And Joe Manchin is now suddenly, oh, shucks, I didn't know he was serious. Oh, he'll, oh, he'll, oh, he'll. Really? You had no idea that Joe Biden was going to do that. Really? You had no idea that Joe Biden would do exactly what he said he was going to do? Seriously? This is a video I put together uh, last year on this topic before this legislation was passed. My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. That, that's what he said. That's what he said. If you want a, a larger montage of this, uh, I mean, put together, this is, listen to this. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Vice President Biden, I'd like to ask you, three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, because the opportunity... The opportunity for those workers to transition to high-paying jobs, as Tom said, is real. We're the only country in the world that's ever taken great, great crises and turned them into enormous opportunities. Right. You, you got that? Uh, this is Joe Biden on the campaign stage running for president of the United States saying that, yes, I'm willing to kill these people's jobs and force them into what he believed were higher-paying jobs learning how to operate battery-powered cars. Joe Biden said this, and you you got Joe Manchin of West Virginia. like, I didn't believe he was serious. He campaigned on this for Pete's sakes. It, it, it is appalling to me. Appalling that the one leading conservative editorial page in America would allow Joe Manchin to say, my bad, I, I, I'm sorry I believed him. Uh, my bad, the legislation wasn't written in my thinking for them to be able to do this, and yet they're doing it. If, if they're doing what the legislation says don't do, file suit, Joe Manchin, file a lawsuit. Get Donald Trump appointed federal judges to stop him, except you're not doing that because what you're doing is play the game. You're fine with them doing this. You are okay with them doing this. You allowed them to do this. You're trying to have it both ways, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is the guy but for whom this legislation would not exist. 
Joe Manchin is the man who said he would never, ever, ever let them do this sort of thing. And then surprise, he decided to let them do it. He drafted the legislation. He made sure the legislation was written the way he wanted it done. And now he's like, I am shocked and appalled. They are doing what the legislation allows them to do. They said they wouldn't do it. Why do we keep letting people like this get a pass? Now, I warned some of you last year when the Green New Deal and Build Back Better was killed, some of you were like, well, I can't believe Joe Manchin's not becoming a Republican. Why is it we should call for him to be a Republican? I said, no, 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 no. Joe Manchin plays this game. This is the game Joe Manchin has always played. Joe Manchin is a liberal, and it benefits Joe Manchin when liberals attack him in West Virginia because he's a liberal, and he needs the people of West Virginia to forget about that. But Joe Manchin will betray us, and he did. And now he's upset about it because he allowed the Democrats to do what they're doing. And Joe Manchin's problem is not that the Democrats are doing what they're doing. Joe Manchin's problem is they're doing it too efficiently. They're moving too fast. They are supposed to slow it down so that the people of West Virginia give him six more years in the Senate before they're out of jobs. And the way Joe Biden and the Democrats are moving right now, these people are going to be out of work before Joe Manchin gets his name on the ballot for this upcoming election in 2024. Joe Manchin does not care about the people of West Virginia. I mean, my God, everything there is named after Robert Byrd anyway. There's nothing to name for Joe Manchin, so he stays in Washington, D.C. on his houseboat. Joe Manchin is more concerned with his daughter's job and his son's job with natural gas supplies than he is the people of West Virginia. He's perfectly fine with the people of West Virginia being unemployed because of this law. He just was hoping they would slow down and not throw him out of work until after he won re-election so that then he can get giant government packages to bail him out again. We should stop dealing with these politicians and their all shucks moments of, I'm so surprised they're doing what I let them do. The fact that the Wall Street Journal would humor Joe Manchin in this shows the Wall Street Journal is, is willing to shape politics and perhaps doesn't like the conservatives in West Virginia who could beat Joe Manchin, allowing him some sort of reason to make an excuse for what he's doing. We see this game over and over, and Republicans do it too. If we're honest, Republicans do this as well. I mean, Republicans have for years campaigned on defunding Planned Parenthood, and they have funded it and funded it and funded it and funded it. And they're like, I can't believe Planned Parenthood got federal dollars that we gave them. How dare us give them that? I can't believe I voted for it. I'm shocked and appalled to find the Republicans voted for it that you knew. You didn't want to fight. Republicans do it too. And if we call out the Republicans, we should call out the Democrats. The problem is the Wall Street Journal editorial board. They're letting Joe Manchin do something like this. You know it's going to be in a mail piece or a fundraiser for Joe Manchin in West Virginia. It's going to burnish his conservative Christians. I'm fighting the man. I'm fighting Joe Biden. With what? What are you fighting it with, Joe? You gave him the ability to do this, Joe. You gave Biden the ability to do this. You are the one who drafted the legislation, and you should own it. If this was a credible piece, Joe Manchin would be apologizing 
for doing this and saying he's never going to help the Democrats do this again, and he's going to boycott every single one of Joe Biden's nominees. Why is it Joe Manchin blocking all of Joe uh, Biden's nominees? Why is Joe Manchin voting for the judges? Why is Joe Manchin voting for the nominees for the executive branch? Why is Joe Manchin continuing to humor Joe Biden at all? Uh, Say enough is enough. I'm never voting for anything Joe Biden wants again until he stops what he's doing. But he's not doing that. He's not doing that. He said, I can't believe they're doing this, this legislation that I told them they couldn't do it. And we put it into law. Now they're doing what the law says. Shut up, Joe Manchin. And shame of the Wall Street Journal editorial board for giving him a platform to bellyache about something he wanted done. And now is just horrified that they're doing too quickly. This is why people are cynical about Washington. This is why so many Americans distrust Washington, D.C. When the press and the Democrats collaborate together to do these sorts of all shucks moments, people realize they're being had. And Joe Manchin is trying to abuse the trust of people. Now, I don't want to abuse your trust. I work very hard to find advertisers who I believe in, and Advantage Gold is one of them. You can call them at 800-450-2566 and see why. Advantage Gold is TrustLink's number one highest-rated gold company seven years in a row. They got the best prices and staff, the best IRA department in the country, and they're ready to help you protect your retirement account today. And we'll give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you everything you need to know about using precious metals in your retirement or your general investing. 800-450-2566 is their phone number. 800-450-2566. That's Advantage Gold. With all the geopolitical turmoil, with the stock market the way it is, with inflation the way it is, some people have decided gold and silver are great ways to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation. Advantage Gold is willing to help you with that, and they have a very knowledgeable sales staff. All you have to do is call them, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. Get the, the free gold investment kit from them so that you can learn how to use precious metals. What I really like about them is they don't have a lot of gimmicks. They just shoot you straight. They give you good advice, and they're one of those companies that believes if they play it straight with you, then you're going to do business with them because you know they're not playing you, and I like that in a company. 800-450-2566. That's Advantage Gold. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty can help your business grow. You need $750,000 or more for your business because you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise. Other lenders are giving you a runaround let First Liberty help you, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Just spend 10 minutes with them. All right. Uh, I, I, I got to – this is a local story. None of you will care about this except for people in the metro Atlanta area. But if you're there, Legoland is reopening the Discovery Center in Atlanta. Thank goodness. I have taken my kid there twice in the past couple of months, and it was closed. Didn't realize it. It dawned on me the second time we went that it was closed, uh, that, oh, they must be renovating. Well, they're they're reopening. Thank goodness. Um not that I, my kid needs more Lego. What do you do with the Legos once you build them? This is the conundrum. You, you got you got your Lego Millennium Falcon. You got your Lego Castle. You got your Lego Hogwarts. You got your Lego Nether region of whatever the heck Minecraft thing is. You got your your Lego whatever. Uh, what do you do with them all? I mean, my kid's like Hulk smash all this. And he's 14 at this point. I mean, 
What do you do with the Legos? I've got a buddy of mine who's actually got a room in his house with shelves, and he builds these elaborate Lego things, and then he puts them up. I'm like, my gosh, when I was a kid, back in my day, you got the blocks, and you used your imagination, and you just built stuff. Now it comes with an elaborate book, and they'll put this piece here and here and here and stick on the sticker, and oh, my gosh, you have the Millennium Falcon. In my day, you used your mind, and you built the greatest, most elaborate creations. I had Legos out the yin-yang, and they, we, I built these massive Lego towers and these Lego cars, and you had the little wheels and stuff, and, and away you would go with your, your car. It looked like an old jalopy or something that you put together, and now you just buy the box, and it gets you all the right pieces, and you put together the What do you do with it afterwards? You're done. Do you, do you put it on the wall? Do you super glue it so your grandkids can't smash it? When you're 80 years old and letting your grandkids play with your Legos, and they want to play with your Legos and put them together and build their own stuff, not look at, oh, granddad had the Hogwarts castle. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. We got a lot of Legos in our house. We have a lot of Legos. Thankfully, we're not stepping on any. But I don't, we've, we have buckets, like bucket, like actual like buckets. In fact, I've got this giant uh, galvanized tin bucket that I fill up with ice for for beer and stuff when friends come over on Sunday nights to sit on the front porch for the people who don't like bourbon. There's a Dr. Pepper, there's a beer, or there's a bottle of water in the bucket. And I noticed the other day that's been confiscated to put Legos in as well. All empty vessels in my house go to putting Legos in. So I don't know that I actually am happy that the Lego Discovery Center is reopening. But what do you do with them? And they're expensive. My gosh, are these kits expensive. And I feel kind of bad because my my daughter like buys all this makeup and stuff, and my kid just wants Legos. It's like, well, when you add up all the makeup mom and your sister have bought this month, it kind of does equal one of these Legos. I guess I'll buy you a box so we're even, but I don't know, folks. Legos, it is a racket. I wish I had gotten in early on like investing in like the company or something. When we come back, we got to move on. Uh, Joe Biden has stepped in it again. Democrats are furious with him. I've got the details on what he's done now to the poorhouse Democrats.